going in three, two. Welcome back, everyone, to the Punk Rock Horror Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Cody. And today, instead of sharing a funny story, mostly because we're in quarantine and not a lot of funny things are happening, we're actually going to change things up as we enter the show today, and we're actually going to play some horror games. So we're going to, this is where we're going to try to come up with some new ideas for some horror games we can play, and uh, we're going to see if they work or not. So jumping into it with keeping in theme of HP Lovecraft, I came up with a great game. Cody, are you ready for this? Hopefully. My butthole is clenched. So as we all know that... All the um, excitement... (laughs) <laughs> so, so we all know that H.P. Lovecraft's <laughs> writings, you know, it come off very confusing. It can be very hard to decipher. So the thing is, is what if this was right, though? What if, you know, H.P. Lovecraft did fall into his own madness and actually did get sucked into the universe that he he wrote about? And it's actually a real thing. And he's now finally coming back to uh, our universe, our our realm of reality. He's escaping the void and coming here. And but you know he's missed out on well everything since you know he you know died. You know it's it's been a long time. Shit's happened. So Cody, my yeah, the, the game is the game is is that you are <laughs> the first you are the first person that H.P. Lovecraft is going to meet. How would you explain the new world to him? Everything you hate is a reality. <laughs> <laughs> just like you wouldn't even sit him down just like straight up like, look man do you want to know who was our last president like <laughs> it's yeah. just because he was he's so racist see because so i, funny. I you, know what, you know what i think would be really funnier is if uh if we could like like kind of like something like similar to the scene of like Fifty First Dates, where like he makes a videotape for Drew Barrymore oh to watch God, every morning. That'd be so fucking funny! <laughs> so it's, like, look, man, you're gonna need to sit down here. Have this. He's like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Look, this is what craft beer is now." <laughs> what the fuck is craft beer? I was just like, "Okay, did you ever have beer in your time?" Yeah. Okay, this is made by special companies that specialize in just beer. It needs to be like, his mind's going to explode from just that. I'm like, all right, let's watch this on this television. What the fuck is a television? I'm like, uh, so, okay, look, um, just shut up and look at the giant screen that's going to show a bunch of moving pictures. Can you imagine what it would be like to like take him to like Hot Topic or whatever, and then he sees a plush Cthulhu? Do you think, could you imagine like the heart attack he would have? Oh, my God. It's, uh, no. Dude, I would just, I'd be like, all right, do you want to know how far into the depths of the underworld Cthulhu has gotten? And, you know, he's just going to, like, probably broken man right now because of all the new shit that's in the world. And he's just like, I don't know what's going on. He and just like, collapses in hot and topic. And like, all right, man, yeah, I'm going to just have to rip this bandaid off. Here's some hentai, Cthulhu hentai, man. This is what... <laughs> Cthulhu's become now, and he's just gonna see Cthulhu's like face just fucking tentacle punching some laying <laughs> women in the vaginas and the buttholes. And he's gonna be like, What is this where I've gone to? I'm like, You wrote the cosmic horror, you wrote this. <laughs> you should have been far more detailed. <laughs> yeah. You should have been way, way more clear about what you were talking about because yeah, we got. We got a lot dumber over the years. <laughs> like way dumb. Like, like I, I'm willing to bet that our smartest scientist is probably at normal intelligence of any alien being at this point. <laughs> like, if if alien beings are higher intelligence, and then he starts freaking out, what are aliens? <laughs> like, 
It's what you wrote. (laughs) (laughs) We made everybody made films about it. It, Do like yeah. it's all over the place. Like, and then we take him to an aquarium, and he just sees like an <laughs> octopus. Yeah, we're well, like, see that Stephen King wrote an alien book about these things going up someone's butthole because of you. <laughs> That's not what I meant at all. <laughs> and then, you, like, and then you know, no, you, and we're like, but don't worry. See, remember that time you isolated yourself for like five years in Red Hook? And you'd be like, yeah, that was fucking terrible. Oh, well, you see, we're all in quarantine right now, and you literally got to do that over again. (laughs) Except instead of fearing the people, you have to fear something you can't see unless someone sneezes on you. (laughs) (laughs) He's just kind of feeling that. I feel you like can't at go that outside, man. <laughs> like at that point, you know, that he's gonna view like all the world tragedies. He's gonna view the Holocaust, and he's gonna get uncomfortably excited about that. And then he's gonna learn that that didn't work. And then he's gonna get super <laughs> upset about it. And that's that would be an uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> like HP Howard. Howard, your wife was Jewish, man. You can't be happy about that. <laughs> like, like, and he would ask, and when the Holocaust would come up, you know he would ask, like, none of them survived, right? And that's what it would be like, well, actually. Yeah, actually a good amount survived. Like a really good there, amount. Like, like and, there is, there's a, there's a awesome mutant in comic books based off of a survivor. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then he's gonna be like, "What? What's a comic book?" And he'll be like, "Oh, it's kind of like Weird Tales magazine, but about superheroes." And he's gonna be like, "What's a superhero?" And we're gonna be like, "We got a lot to talk about." Yeah, it's, and he's just like, "My mind is blown." And then we're like, "Look!" And then they also make porn about this too. And he's like, "What the fuck?" Although I, I will, I will purposely like show him Eli and Sinister Two and the Nun just to see, just so I can like officially say that even H.P. Lovecraft knows that those movies are complete shit. <laughs> Did you hear about? Sorry, real quick thing because we got to jump into things we love and hate yeah. today. But really quick, like, uh, but that that was an interesting game. You know, that was a that definitely that definitely took some with some a few turns. I didn't expect it to go. So I, I, I like that. <laughs> I like it. It's just like I like the idea that well, we want to give that we want to like bring how... Lovecraft back and give him like a mental breakdown like no other. Yeah. So I like how you'll you go in blind with all the research and whatnot, and now I'm gonna be going in blind with this fucking game. <laughs> See now the belt is out. Uh, but no, real quick. So so I guess like Bloomhouse is talking about or teasing that uh, he's gonna cross over the like a crossover of the Insidious and Sinister series. You know. I don't know how I feel about it, seeing as how the only person that would be that would make sense with is dead and insidious. Well, you know, man, I I meant just gonna be some shit where like the fucking monster from Sinister, which to be fair, the reason I don't remember is because Sinister Two still left <laughs> such a sour taste in my mouth. Um, you know, I feel like pretty solid. 
No, yeah, so th- and that's what's so fucking much, like, just drives me crazy about Sinister, <laughs> is that the first one is fucking amazing. Ethan Hawke did fantastic in it, because he's he's a legend in himself, and it's just, it was a fucking phenomenal movie, dude. And it scared the shit out of a lot of grown-ass men that I know, and it was awesome. And then here comes Sinister 2 with, like, w- like their weird-ass children of the corn plot all of a sudden. Like, and it's just, like, the dumbest fucking thing I ever saw. Like, I still can't believe that the dialogue they decided to keep in that film was the kid laying in bed, just, like, continually being bugged by other dead children. Like, and on the first night, of course, he's obviously terrified, but, like, a week passes in the film. And just, like, on, like, the third or fifth night, he's just, again, the dead kids come to wake him up to do some more creepy shit, so eventually he'll kill his parents. And then just, like... And they're like, come on, come wake up. You gotta come watch these movies. Because that's all they're doing. They're trying to, like, possess him via the film by making him watch the movies. Yeah. Right? It's like, you gotta come watch these movies. Come on, go watch it. Go watch it. And, like, at first, it's really, you know, again, really traumatizing first thing because he's, like, seeing these kids, like, brutally murder their parents. So he's obviously shocked. Again, coming back to, like, the third or fifth night that this happens. And it's just like, hey, you gotta go watch the movie, and I, and and it's and it happens. It happens in the fucking movie with the kid. Yeah. Just like it's just like, <sighs> I don't want to. Can I don't want to go look at the movie? <laughs> but come on, we got we gotta go see it. You gotta finish. <sighs> okay. <laughs> like I was just like. So am I supposed to believe this kid's terrified, or is he just fucking annoyed that he keeps getting woken up? Because that's what it looks like to me. Like. <laughs> And it's just like I can't believe anybody likes that movie. Like, like everybody loves to shit on Midsummer and can't even talk, can't even back up the reasons why they love Midsummer. Which, by the way, again, I uh, I think this is actually what I what I hate. And I'm gonna we're gonna jump, we're gonna actually transition okay. to something we love and hate now. So uh, this is a segment of the show where. Uh, if you've been listening to us for a while now, you already know this, but if you're new to the show, this is where we take something we love and hate, and we just spin our own perspective, perspectives on it. It could be anything in horror, it could be anything in politics, it's kind of just, uh, you know, a toss a toss of the hand. So, jumping into it, uh, what I hate is, so, and this is definitely going to probably give us some flack, but I, I, I really don't give a shit. So, I'm really getting tired of the negative criticisms towards Midsummer that I'm seeing on a lot of horror forums. And here's the reason why. Now, I am all for criticizing movies, especially ones that, even if they are, like, widely loved and really accepted, um, like, I get it, like, if you don't like it, all I ask is that if you're going to continually say that a movie sucks and it is boring, to follow up with more evidence. Like... Because that is such an infuriating like critique of of a, of any movie, like especially when you just hate a movie. Like if you're actually gonna hate a movie so much that you want to talk about that you hate it, follow up with evidence as the reason why you hate it. You know, just don't be like, oh, the movie was boring. It wasn't even scary. I walked out of it. I didn't get the point. It's whatever. This bored me just as much as Hereditary. Like, oh my God, shut up. I, I get it. Like, for fuck's sake, you're saying the same thing that 10,000 other fucking people have already said. You're not bringing anything new to the conversation. <laughs> and for being a bunch of, like, you, you know, like, independent content creators that talk about horror, I feel like we kind of have the prop flat platform to call you out at this point. So here's my thing, man. And, and this also goes for movies that you love. Like, don't get, like, this is just the same treatment for you guys who just love to say, oh, I love that movie. It was the best movie. Movie ever it was great like why was it great not love it it's so good 
yeah, it, this goes both ways. So it isn't just towards y'all who hate Midsummer. Like, this is also towards people who will just blatantly like something and not back it up. Especially if you're bringing it to a discussion to talk about it. Like, if you're wanting to talk about why you hate something, why do you hate it? Don't be, like, I, I think it's just such an infuriating communication <laughs> to have with someone when they're just like, nope, but hate it, and that's it. Like, you don't yeah. get anything else. You're just like... Oh, okay. I thought we were going to actually have a good, like, conversation. Because, I mean, it even showed with our remake episode. Like, I'm all for, like, talking about horror and even accepting new viewpoints. But if you're not even going to try and back up your viewpoint and to try and sell, whether it's me or someone else on it, then I, I hate to say it, man, but your opinion on the film it means literal shit to me. Because <laughs> you haven't told me, you haven't brought any new perspectives to me. You haven't brought anything for me to consider. And you're not bringing for anything anyone else to consider. And so, uh, it, it's just so frustrating so whether it is midsummer or any other movie that did really well and you just hate it like uh, i'm just begging you please just please back it up just just back up why you hate it like add to the conversation if you're going to start it off and start it off don't try to bait people just just do it and just uh, it just it's such a frustrating thing for me man i'm sorry like i like it's just, it's just something i've been bubbling up for a while now and especially about midsummer like really because i gotta finish what i hate so the, <laughs> the last thing i'll say about this is that midsummer is without a doubt a fantastic film it is a great film and it's a fantastic horror film the reason why so many people hate it is because it is one of those films that will go over your head if you're not into art house style films because that's what it is it is a visually stunning art house style film and, it, and if you're not paying attention and if you're not really into it in general then you're not gonna catch everything and i'm not saying like you're not into it because like it didn't just pull you in like you're just not into it because it's not your thing and i get that you know if you're not it's just not your thing it's whatever man and I'm not going to try to sell it to you and tell you, you know, it's the best movie ever. But pure and simple is that that movie has a specific taste to it. And there are specific people that are going to love it. I mean, even for me, like, I enjoyed Hereditary more than Midsommar. And I pointed out the reasons why I thought Midsommar wasn't as good as Hereditary. But I still enjoyed Midsommar because it actually does have, you know, it does sell on what it, you know, shows in the trailer. My only thing is that it wasn't as disturbing as Hereditary. Hereditary but that's neither here nor there. Uh, point being, man, is just that at the, at the end of the day, if you don't understand a film and you don't get it, it's totally fine. You know, it doesn't it doesn't make you dumb. It doesn't make you creative, or it doesn't make you any other negative thing. Just fact of the matter is, it's the same with everybody else. People have taste, and your taste isn't going to always match with theirs, and that's just how it is, you know. And so, uh, it, it, I, I implore all of y'all to to consider that in the future. In the future, so I'm sorry about that. I'm gonna finish off on the thing I love, so I can pass it off <laughs> to you. Okay. Yeah, I don't, well, because it, it's it's been one I've been working on for a while, man. Do you want to touch on it though before I before I move on to what well, I love? I would say like the the biggest thing for me is like when you okay, so like I see I see it all the time, um, is when you're having an argument, not an argument, but an actual discussion with someone. And they're like, hey, what you know? Why do you actually hate it? And they'll actually add on like, why? It's when someone all of a sudden jumps into that conversation of like you know talking on their original comment, that kind of thing. And when okay, someone just right. adds it, yeah, that movie fucking sucks. And like, okay, why do you hate it? Like, it just sucks. It's like, well, why did you jump into this conversation? You obviously see us or like we're talking about the reasons why we didn't like it or why we liked it, you know? Right, and if it's that, and that's what I mean, man. Like, and I'm, and I'm mostly talking about like open discussion forums, like obviously as well. Like, you know, yeah. since it's an open discussion, like if you hate the movie, like fucking, that's great. Just. 
expand on the issue. Why do you hate it? Even I know. I hate people who chime in just to chime in. It's like, I hate it too. Okay, why do you hate it too? I just, I hate it too. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just what I hate. So, um, yeah. yeah. But what I, what I love this week is so, I keep bringing it back to my kid, man. Like I said, there's not a lot going on, but, um, so it's actually related to also a video game I'm playing too. So, um, because I run this podcast and, you know, Aaron hears me talk about it and I know Audrey hears you talk about it a lot too. Cause I know you talk about that. You watch a lot of horror movies every now and then with her too. Mm-hmm. Um, with Aaron, you know, it's, it's the same boat. We've been over that before, but so, you know, re- she's like recently I've been playing this game called vampire and like she, like she just knows that I've been really into it, and I haven't even really had a talk about it around here. But she's just been paying attention to that. And so, like the other day when I came home from work, and it was just a really bad day. I, I think it was just a rough day. And she's just like, "Hey, well, uh, do you?" She's like, "Hey, Dad, um, do you do you want the TV so you can play Vampire?" And I'm just like, that. Like I told her no at that point because I'm like, that was a really sweet thing that she asked for because she was wanting yeah. to like stop watching Sailor Moon to let me play my game. Yeah, and I, was, and I was like, no, you can keep watching your cartoons. It's fine. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was really funny. So my, my graduating tomorrow, yeah, she's going into, you know, first grade and whatnot. So it's, it's you know, it's pretty exciting for her. But, you know, she, she had to uh, draw a picture. She had to draw a picture of what she wants to be when she grows up. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Lauren asked her, she's like, what do you want to draw? And she's like, well, I, I, I said I want to be a vet, so I drew a vet. I mean, obviously, like, she didn't sound like the way I'm sounding. She sounds like a six-year-old, so bear with me on that. I'm not going to come out here and talk like a six-year-old to everyone. Okay, my goodness. Here we go. <laughs> that shit went out the window at one and a half. <laughs> no uh fucking uh no but so anyway so you know so she so she she told lauren because lauren asked her she's like what do you want to be and she's like i want to be a veterinarian and uh she comes back and 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 lauren says well i thought you wanted to be i thought you wanted to work in horror when when you get older because recently like aaron's really wanted to be like either like a horror an actor in horror or like a director you know she just wants to do something in horror because of my fascination with it and so you know and and so Lauren asks her, he's like, why don't you draw something about horror? And Aaron's like, I can't do that. And Lauren's like, why not? And so Aaron comes back, because if I do, then people might ask questions. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what are you going to draw that would raise questions? What What's going on in your head that you're not talking about, kiddo? And then I started like... I started, I started having, like, triggers, because I'm like, I've seen these horror movies. Like, I know what's going to happen. She, I swear to God, one of these days I'm going to wake up, she's going to be standing down the end of the hallway. Yeah. And she's going to be, like, drawing, like, circles repeatedly over on a piece of paper with, like, some sort of charcoal she found somewhere. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, okay, it's, uh, I think, I think we're going to stop watching horror movies, and I think it's about time we start watching um, some more more colorful, non-scary things. Yes. All right, let's turn on SpongeBob, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He's, he's making crappy patties. He loves making cheeseburgers. Uh, she turns around and looks at you and goes, I am Doodle Bob. <laughs> 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 like, 
Damn just it. like like her eyes start racing, rolling over and over and over, and like she starts like just like speaking in ancient Sumerian. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> All right, Lauren, we got to get rid of this one and make another one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Back to the drawing board. And she was like, "What? This one's possessed." It never like, ends well for the parents. You've like, seen Sinister! <laughs> do we have to watch Exorcist? Yeah. Look, we're, we don't know a priest that's willing to sacrifice himself to, to Pazuzu. So. Yeah. I, 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 maybe, maybe Steve, the guy who wedded us, maybe he's willing to take one for the team, but I, I don't know. That's a, it's a pretty heavy bargain. Yeah. Also, because this little son of a bitch didn't get hidden getting was hiding i'm taking everybody with me to go put away my ferret so don't mind the the walking noises no worries <laughs> hopefully you'll be back to talk about something you love and hate oh um, i'm just taking the computer with me oh okay well Skype with that, i can do nifty just don't 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 close your laptop or else it's going to be a real end to the conversation real fast Oh, yeah, no, it's like I've never owned a laptop before. Jesus. <laughs> Remember how I told you Monday, if we were in court and I was having to, like, explain myself why I accidentally spelled Korea as the actual Korea? This is the exact thing I'm talking about, man. Like, I just say shit and I don't know how it's going to come off sometimes. Because <laughs> I, I, I just tell, I just told you how a laptop works and you're just like, yeah, I know. I grew, I grew up in the same time frame you did, douche. Yeah, I grew up where laptops were becoming the thing. We're like, oh, that's never going to work. And it's like, oh, that's the fucking future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's what I love and hate. What, what, what do you decide to be at this point? <laughs> Obviously, I hate the fact that everyone thinks I'm a fucking moron, but... <laughs> I, it lets me know if everybody would look at me like a fucking adult that I am and not a fucking stupid child. And you just start, <laughs> and you just start punching the wall aggressively. <laughs> we just hear thud noises from like the back. Just like, <laughs> like is that you knew that laptops can't survive downstairs? <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if my laptop can handle the washer. <laughs> Just like Isn't that just charge like... it? Oh, are laptops edible? <laughs> <laughs> just fucking post a picture to Instagram. Your mouth is all bloodied and there's a bite taken out of the top <laughs> of the laptop. Yeah, like, they're not fucking edible, man. <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> what do you love it, buddy? Um, so... Honestly, it's kind of like a bitter, it's a bittersweet, so it's a little bit of a mixture of uh, both of them. All right, all right. Yeah, so uh, about like, I don't know, almost two weeks ago now. <laughs> um, I can't remember if I actually talked about this on the podcast, but like, so about two weeks ago, I was offered a position, a management position at my job. You do, you did, and congratulations. <laughs> yeah, and so like, I got that, and but like... The bittersweet part is, like, I had to leave the pub for it. So it's, like, no, me, you know, making those, like, big decisions of moving moving forward. Yeah. And leaving a place that you, like, you really love. And, like, because everyone there, like, I love and miss all of them so much. And just, like, but it was a good decision to make because I'm progressing in my field. 
so at a place where I wasn't able to get do that at William Oliver's anytime soon, anyways. And so it's just it just sucked because William Oliver's like took really good care of us and they took really good care of me too. And so it just sucks saying goodbye to that. So that's it's kind of my love and hate. But the nice part is like now I'm in management, and it's weird being in middle management because <laughs> like. Um, I'm used to being in a leadership role from swing dancing, but I never got paid for that. So there wasn't as much pressure, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get that. You know, yeah, but it's uh, like, it's weird. <laughs> but, you know, it, I will say this when you do leave like a, like a prior work to go to work to a different place, it's not always terrible in the sense that like it, it also kind of like can help improve friendships that you made at the prior job because like oh yeah no i know because now like, you can I'm actually not... no i get it it's just at no i was just saying like it adds to that whole bittersweet though because like you still don't want to like just like the the whole see you later goodbye kind of thing is it's yeah. rough well like i think that sucks is like also well because of the times you know i never really got to do that and so, like, it, I've been trying to build up the courage of making a post on Facebook and tagging them all because I haven't really messaged them back because, like, it, the time I took that position and had to call them, I had to call them because, of course, we're not allowed. It's COVID right now. And that's right, the right. only reason, that's the, honestly the only reason why I was even, I even ended up getting the position is because I, uh, I went back to a place and I brought, you know, better skills to a, a previous job that offered me a position there. And then the everything I learned from William Oliver's, I brought to there. And that's why I got offered the position. So it's like, that's where also the sweetness comes from. Well, the thing that I love is like, you know, all, all the stuff I learned from working at the pub got me a better position, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like, the thing that also sucks is I never got the two weeks to put in so i never got the chance to tell everyone goodbye and hang out with them and it's like and a couple of them messaged me and like i haven't messaged them back mostly because like at that point of like receiving that job and then calling my bosses and telling them the thing like what was going on like some other things ended up happening that weekend that weren't that great and so like uh, my depression hit me really hard so it's almost like i'm in that weird position where I, I'm fairly certain you saw the meme if you didn't post it, where it's like, I'm really bad when my depression hits at messaging people and telling them that I'm not mad at them or like I'm not upset with them or something until it's way too late. <laughs> like it's yeah, a month yeah. later. It's like, hey, remember that one time we were like upset or like I didn't message you back? Yeah, my bad. <laughs> it's like I know it's a month later. So it's like one of those things, too. No, I get you, man. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 I think it's always interesting how change in anything can, can affect our mentalities. Yeah. You Cause know. I hate change. And so well, and, and even you obviously the, know that I really don't, I don't like change. Well, and, I, and I think, I just think in human, I, I just think it's human nature to, to view change as an enemy in general. I mean, to be fair, you know, yeah. we do fear the unknown and change is part of that. And, and I know that there's people that are out there that are just like, oh, uh, I welcome change. I'm well for it. That's great. You can go, like, shove your crystal up your ass. I'm talking about everyone who's <laughs> in, living in reality with the fact that they don't handle change well. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. Those people have a have a special place in my own personal hell for me because just like <laughs> it's just like it's just like I because I've had so many conversations where I'm just like it was just like oh yeah this position isn't too bad it's just I'm having a hard time getting used to it or like oh you know the new apartment isn't too bad it just the change is what's weird you know having to get hard to it and somebody always has to be like but change always brings new horizons and and great things and and this is happening for a reason and I'm just like. I know that's that's why I made the change. I don't need you to like yeah. go back over. Like, it, it truly a lot of that's times why they, the are, they are coming I know from like change a, happens. It doesn't mean I have to like it. Like, like <laughs> you, you asked me how I'm doing, homie. Like, I'm telling you how I'm doing in this moment. I'm not. It, what is me saying that the change is you know the change is hard getting used to? Am, am I saying like when the change is hard getting used to that I'm saying yeah the change is hard getting used to and because of it I started sniffing cocaine through my butthole. Like, <laughs> is that what I said? Did you hear me that's, say that? Like, did you? Do I have a drug problem now? Like, I just said I have a hard time with the change. That's all. Like, I, I just I get so frustrated with those people, man. <laughs> That's what I hate this week. Fuck those people. It's <laughs> <laughs> like there's two for. <laughs> I feel Fuck. like you've been inside for too long, so you're starting to like focus on those things again. <laughs> Honestly, man, I, I will tell you that I, I'll be straight up with you. This quarantine sent me through two breakdowns from just like my manic depression. Yeah. Like, it, like, and I'll be open about it. I don't give a shit. Oh, um, yeah. But, like, it's, it's, I mean, I give a shit, but I don't give a shit what anyone else says about it because it's my own thing. But, like, during that time, like, I learned to come back to, to meditate again and, and learn to, like, the value of meditating. Like, I'm not going to be one of those people that tells you that meditate, meditating is going to change your fucking life and sell you on some, like, <laughs> oils and whatnot. But just for me, it does help me calm down. But because of it, it it's a, uh, Help me regain some perspective on a few things, especially with the podcast and like realign my motivation for it. So with that, like it's, I think it's also kind of like sparked some more things in my head. So I, cause I felt like a lot for a while there, it was just like dull dude. Like it just felt like my, my, you know, my thought process for anything was going through molasses. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's just like, now everything feels like it's clicking a little bit better. Like I know what I want to talk about. I'm, I'm remembering a little bit more. You know, and, and I think it's helping with my ADHD, too. So, uh, yeah, man, like, it, it's just, yeah, uh, fucking, uh, it's just, a, it's, it's a weird time. It's just a weird yes, fucking time. And I, and I think that's, that you know, that's going to always be the constant thing. Pretty much. And I think <clears throat> because of that, and it's a weird time, we should talk about some weird movies. We will. I got to throw one quick shout out to our music producer as well. Again, he has been uh, Big Boot Studio has been an absolute badass. Um, you know, he, he's he's been working on a lot more music for the show. He's been doing his own stuff, helping other bands, making his own music too. Um, and you know, it, Big Boots is just he's a fantastic dude all around. And I always call I know his actual name. I just go by Big Boots just to protect his privacy because you know that's just that's how I do. That's how we do it. But it you know he he sent us a testimonial a while ago and, and I think I already played it for the podcast, but uh, if not, I'll, I'll have to definitely include it. If not in this episode, the next episode, but you know, he basically talks about, you know, just like how much he's loved the show and, and just how much we've, you know, meant to him and just the mutual between both of us has been great. Um, and you know, it's, it's just kind of one of these things where like, it's, it's been amazing running this podcast because you never know who you're going to network with. You never know who you're going to connect with. And, you know, Big Boots jumped on is originally he reached out to us originally as a fan and, and saw that we needed 
you know, help and, and came on and helped us out and has been a valued member ever since. So uh, go yeah. check out Big Boots Studio. Go give him a follow. He's making amazing stuff. And, you know, if you also need your own stuff made. You know, he's he doesn't work exclusively for us. He does freelance stuff. And we, we do let him out of the crypt every now and then to go work with other people. So I mean, just when he's good. Just when he's good. So <laughs> when, he, when he's great, we give him the best quality fish heads possible. And yeah, but and as, long as, pees, as long as he pees in the corner, that's it. And when, he, <laughs> and when he's just out of this world and amazing, we actually let him out of the crypt to go ahead and terrorize the local villages and townspeople. That's <laughs> like once a month. So, but all seriousness, so much love to Big Boot Studio. <laughs> much love. Check him out. His yeah. Instagram link is below, so make sure you give him a follow. And uh, yeah, just show some love. All right, well, let's jump into today's content. Let's uh, we're talking about HP Lovecraft inspired films. And uh, gonna get straight to it. This was definitely. This was definitely. I don't want to say it was challenging, but it was definitely. Uh, you know. Uh, a challenge, I guess, in trying to find ones that really kind of were really rooted into that type of lore, and this didn't like only have like a small influence. Yeah, if that makes so, sense. So, okay. so basically, we were looking for the we were looking for the whole candy bar, and not not the chocolate chip. Yeah. So because there's a so the reason why it's also really hard because like this is this was the hard part for me, and I don't know if it was for you because there's a difference between H.P. Lovecraft horror movies. And cosmic horror movies. Oh yeah, cosmic oh, yeah. cosmic horror is H.P. Lovecraft. You know, he created cosmic horror, but that's different from what H.P. Lovecraft horror movies are. So, because next week we're going to be talking, you know, part two of H.P. Lovecraft, we're going to be talking about the creation of Cthulhu and all of his cosmic horror um, icons and stuff. So I was like saving the heart, the cosmic horror movie for next week. So it was hard shifting through that and then shift uh, finding what was HP Lovecraft and Cosmic. So, but I was pretty, I was really pleasantly surprised with my pick. Yeah, I had, I, 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 I actually, out. <laughs> for me, I had to start with uh, Stuart Gordon because Stuart Gordon, uh, if you don't know who he is, everybody who's listening, uh, Stuart Gordon is actually a filmmaker who he actually did Dagon, which we did a review for here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, he's And he's also was the director of Reanimator as well, which we done here on the podcast. Yeah. And he was actually like one of the main guys that adapted a lot of H.P. Lovecraft films from everything from like, from beyond to castle freak to um you know uh, i think edmund is influenced i'm not positive i would actually have to double check on that one but he was an episode about this guy well he was <laughs> even well he even did uh the documentary about hg lovecraft uh, lovecraft fear of the unknown so I, so i had to start yeah. with his filmography and kind of like work my way down because i was actually going to do going to do a Stuart gordon film but they didn't have it available, so that's why I kind of just, you know, was like, ah, fuck it. And so had to find something else, sadly. So, uh, well, not sadly, because it's actually a fantastic film. But, yeah, that's just what we had to do. Um, with that in mind, though, I think we should jump into it. I, I went last last time, I believe, with The Blob. And then, uh, did, I, did I go last, or was I, was I before you? Do you remember? Dude, I, I never remember. <laughs> fair. fair enough. Then how about I just jump into it? and, and Yeah, uh, let's, let's say you go first. <laughs> let's say that was accurate let's just say that's how it is you know man, 
I, I will say though, we've been pretty good about just like rolling with it and just being like, fuck it, we're not going to try to like keep track of it. And I like how this time we actually do try to remember and keep track of it. <laughs> I know we try every, every now and then, but for the most part, it's like, you, you know, just fuck it, just go. Just, just fuck it, man. Just, <laughs> it's, you know, it's your turn. Fuck it, we're doing it live. <laughs> fuck it, do it live. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So okay, just that, right, that. right before we do this. Quick sidebar, uh, me and a co-worker of mine have like an actual conspiracy theory that all this and including Trump's presidency is all epic rap battles fault because their uh, their uh, rap between Hillary and Trump. Holy shit, it's so good. And Hillary's so fucking good in that. And it was like blatantly show like everyone's mindset of that time for that election that fucking of course hillary's gonna win like siri come on come on and like that rap video like obviously shows like that mindset <laughs> so we're just like it's their fucking fault man they're just like of course hillary's gonna win and everybody's like of course she's gonna win and then she didn't win <laughs> so they're like he's we're just like it's her fault it's their fault <laughs> it's their fault for this Way to Obviously go. it's not. Obviously it's not. Yeah. <laughs> like, Remember, we uh, one of the best compliments we've ever given, and also weirdness, is that we're a politically safe podcast because we make fun of both sides equally. Everyone. Because uh, politics is shitty for everybody. All, <laughs> all you gun-toting, avocado-loving sons of... Hey, I love guns and I love. See, I, 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 I grouped both of them in a very generic stereotype in that one. So yay, because I love yeah. avocados and I love guns. And now everybody's like, "All right, don't talk about politics anymore. We're here for the horror." Shut up. Yeah, seriously, your movie. <laughs> All right, so I decided to do uh, 2006's The Last Winter. So it's directed by Larry Fessenden and written by Larry Fessenden and Robert Lever. Stars uh, the, the there's more there's actually a really really stellar cast throughout, but uh, stars Ron Perlman, James Lagreau, and Connie Britton. So uh, what it's about though is, and they actually have a full summary, so I'm actually really happy about it. So it's going to take me a minute to read it through to you because they actually yeah, two. I know. They, I'm only honestly, read... I feel like the second one's better. Yeah. Uh, so I'm. Uh, that's actually the one I was just going to read. So, um, so in the Arctic region of northern Alaska, an oil company's advanced team struggles to establish a drilling base that will forever alter the pristine land. After one team member is found dead, a disorientation slowly claims the sanity of the others as each of them succumb to its to a mysterious fear. So. Already, just even in the synopsis, it's very heavy-handed with the influence of Lovecraft. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, we got more to talk about. Yeah. So, actually, no, that's it. Now, watch the movie. If you haven't seen it yet, you're totally <laughs> You can watch the last one right now on Amazon for a rental. I'm just kidding. Um, so, uh, jumping into it, uh, last winter, again, this is probably one of the few movies I will ever say that uh, the cast solely makes this film work. And I know it's like a weird statement to me because it's like, well, 
man, the, the cast is always supposed to make a, make a film work. Why do you say that? Well, let me explain it to you. So usually, you know, you'll have a really solid cast and there maybe will be one or two person who just fits weirdly or doesn't get enough square time, screen time. So it affects the narrative in, in odd ways. Um, I, I didn't want to go to the extent of like finding examples because I just mostly want to get through the review. But the cast here is fantastic. So it has, like I said, Ron Perlman, which if you don't know who Ron Perlman is by now, you know, it, uh, we have a huge man crush him. He's man crush on him. He's he's Hellboy. He's been in Sons of Anarchy. He's you know was in Blade and just so many more. He was in fucking Aliens as well. You know, and so it's just uh, it's Ron Perlman, but he was in it. He was in it. (laughs) And for when he's in it, I liked it. So Um, it stars also James Legros from Point Break and Phantasm Two, and also The Wildling. Kevin Corrigan of Grounded for Life, Lost Girls, and Goodfellas. Connie Britton of Friday Night Lights, Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake, and Zach Guilford, The Purge, Anarchy, and also Friday Night Lights 2. So, um, again, a fantastic cast throughout this entire film. I was actually mostly surprised to see Kevin Corrigan in this film because I've mostly seen him in comedic roles for the most part. Because he was also even in uh, in Superbad. You actually, I I know that you'll remember him by this way if the name doesn't already remind you, Cody, but he was the uh, he was, uh, it was in the scene in Superbad where he was the guy who was throwing the house party and, uh, <laughs> and remember where they all meet in the in the driveway and he's like, he's gonna, don't you let the tiger out. You're gonna let the tiger out. You remember that scene? Oh, yeah, the one who's, like, trying who's to be all cool and stuff like that. Like, he's the one who wants to be hip. No, not him. The the guy who's throwing the house party, who's going to fight him. The guy who has the girl who, oh. uh, who had the period on, on Jonah Hill's leg. Oh, the guy whose girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Kevin Corrigan. I, 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 I actually like him as an actor. I think he's... Yeah, he's I true. think he's really good, too. I think he's pretty underrated. He, oh yeah. I mean, he definitely usually plays that like weird off-putting like stoner-esque type guy, but and he's definitely not typecast in that too. Like he's definitely weird, but it's for different reasons. So, yeah. um so going so like I said, this this movie another great pro about it is we're opened up to this uh, kind of what is Zach Guilford watching the orientation video uh, for his character because he plays the character Maxwell and he's watching, you know, uh, just North, which is that's what's called. It's like North Industries and they're doing the orientation video talking about why they're drilling in Alaska and making the case for it, so on and so forth. And so then we follow him to the the base site that where they're trying to establish this drill site. And so we're introduced to all the rest of the characters there. We're introduced to James LeGros' character, known as Huffman, and also Ron Perlman's character, known as Pollock, or also goes by Ed, who throughout the film. And throughout this time, you know, we, we're definitely starting to see the dynamics of what's happening. So because James is here, Huffman, he's here at this base site to make sure that if this is actually a good idea, basically, because he's done a lot of work fields and that's also kind of what i want to talk about really quick is that they're really really smart with writing the influence and motivations for each character each character in this movie all of them have a reason to be there and they point it out early on and you know why they're there you're never questioning why just some rando is doing this or that you know what everyone's doing and it's and it's it's makes it 10 times easier to keep track of why they're doing it so uh, so I love that part about it because they follow up with a lot of science and you could tell that all the actors and actresses studied a lot uh, of material when walking into this film to make sure that, you know, they were as accurate to it as possible. So considering I don't run a drilling site or know how that's ran, uh, anybody who listens to us that does, you might want to watch it and see how accurate it is. Um, 
that being said, though, you know, it, James LeGros' character, he's basically like, hey, so if, you know, as they're talking all around at dinner one night, because at this point, Ron Perlman's character returns from a five-week trip to come back to this drill site to start getting things going. And so they, they're all meeting around dinner, getting to know each other, getting to know James LeGros' character, Huffman, and they're all talking. And he basically makes the case, he's like, so I'm here just to, you know, uh, make sure that, you know, if we're going to fuck up one of nature's last untouched, pristine, you know, places and they're going to pay me to be here, then why not kind of attitude? Because he's been so drawn out from what uh, he has seen throughout his time that he's just kind of jaded to all of it. So yeah. and so that's just kind of what we're introduced to. Uh, and so early on, I will tell you this, it's definitely going to give like those vibes of the thing, which to be fair, the thing is also a Lovecraftian uh, story as well. But it, you can definitely see that it's a little inspired by it, but it's only to the fact that it's an isolated group in, in the Alaskan wilderness, really. Um, and, and so it, it's only kind of reminiscent of so, that. So the thing. Yeah, I, I, you, I don't think the audio went through on your end, but yeah, I said the thing. Yeah, no, so it's, you're doing a review about the thing. Oh, <laughs> I got it now. Look at you. Uh, you're so... Well, anyway, so you want to check out the last thing on Amazon Prime. You can get it for two ninety nine. <laughs> no, there's no point of me finishing the review now. I, I, I actually watched the thing, and I'm making all of this up. Yeah, Ron Perlman wasn't in it. He's. I'm actually saying Ron Perlman's just Kurt Russell's character. So. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, the girl, that one girl from Friday Night Lights is in it too. Connie Britton, her, you know her. Everybody knows Connie Britton. Yeah, Friday Night Lights. That was huge. <laughs> oh, oh, and Kevin Corgan's in it too. Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, like, like it, it was kind of hard for me at first to walk away from that comparison because there's a lot of it that's matching up, you know. But if just if you give the movie more of a try, I'll explain why it's more. It's great. So it, it's hitting on this Lovecraft early on with Maxwell being the first one to be infected by the madness that's, you know, surrounding this entire place. Yeah. And so you, you see him early on just, like, standing outside in, in the wilderness, just staring off into the vast darkness of the Alaskan wilderness. And he's just staring, and you, you, we get his perspective, and we can see that he's seeing something out there. He is seeing a thing. We don't know what it is. It's a creature. It's something that is not natural, and it's starting to affect him, and it's starting to set the madness within Maxwell. And it does it not even not even 15 minutes in. This actually happens about, like, 9 to 10 minutes within the film. So it, it's early on, and I love it about that, because it's making its point. So... With that in mind, is also the added pro of the of the of the message, which is a poignant message about our dependence on oil and our lack of stewardship towards the environment. So basically, what I'm saying is that I like it when they always put a good message in any horror movie that isn't just supposed to be, you know, a cliche horror movie. They actually put in a good message, and this one's all talking about like, you know, that the the Earth is going to do what it's going to do to protect itself as we will do what we need to to survive. And so that that's a huge point throughout this entire film. Um, and so I'm not going to really touch more on that because that's just kind of what 
the entire film was about where Ron, per- Ron Perlman is supposed to be the metaphor of, of big business, big capitalism, just wanting to take what we can from the earth while we're here and then leave it like that where, where James LeGros' character is about, no, we, we need to have better stewardship. We need to take care of this place. We actually need to leave here. Like, this is a bad idea. You know, and so that's that's what we're introduced to, you know, and that's kind of like the back and forth throughout the entire film. And I will say, by the way, Ron Perlman and James LeGros play off each other perfectly in the whole film. Like, yeah. seriously, any scene that they are in takes it away. Uh, anything they're in together takes away from the rest of the crew. And I don't mean that as an insult. Like, it's just their chemistry works so well that, that I actually did enjoy it. But the whole cast plays off each other really well. And that's what really really helps with this movie. So there is a very slow but unnerving pace throughout the whole film, and it's at home with any Lovecrafting story that we've been introduced to before. Because we all know Lovecraft, we all know he loves to be very unnerving and slow with his terror, and that's apparent here in this film, you know, it unfolds. And with that, we get to kind of get this unnerving feeling presented to us via how the characters are viewing it and the way they talk about it and you know the fact that some of them that are not even willing to admit something strange going on after somebody dies already is yeah. is a huge like kind of just like holy shit like the madness is fully setting in at this place and this is kind of and this is kind of like the whole trajectory of the film is that they're more and more studying this drill site. You know, is, that, is this actually ground that we can mine? And they're talking about, no, it's too warm. All the rigs are going to fall through if they try to come out here and create ice roads or anything. It's They're going to fall through. And, you know, there's all these warnings about it. And then what's really cool is that there's a scene where James LeGros is, he's actually in this hut taking his notes, talking, you know, noting the temperature change in the environment. And all of a sudden this like huge wind comes in and throws everything around in, in this little hut that he's in. And he like, it's so bad that it's almost like a tornado basically. And he's just like having trouble trying to get out of this, you know, little hut he's in. Eventually he gets out of the hut and falls down to the ground. And then all of a sudden it's, it's just a sunny day. There's no wind. Everything is fine, but he gets yeah. up and we're inter- And I love this scene because it's such a subtle, weird, unnerving scene to where we get, you know, a sky view shot, a slow sky view shot saying elk track. I think it's it's either elk or deer tracks, but I'm just going to say elk tracks going around the entire hut he was in. And it's not just one, but like a ton of elk. So there's this huge what the shit because, you know, there's this is like a herd of elk that surrounded this hut and yet he saw nothing. And so, you know, we're so even more is just kind of like what is going on here. And as everybody starts getting infected solely by the madness after Maxwell's death, which that's not a spoiler because it happens early on, but I'm not going to talk to you about how it happens because that is a spoiler. Um, so that is the part I will leave out because I really think that uh, you, you need to see it to kind of believe it for yourself and understand it for yourself because I don't think I could explain it really well without making my review like an extra 10 minutes longer and I don't want to do that to Cody. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> With that, though, uh, the cinematography really helps set up the entire, all the scenes of the madness, which it continues to set in this film. So basically, coming back to Maxwell, we see him more and more start to stare out the window. And there's this this one scene that's just so uncomfortable where uh, James LeGros' character is going to go check on Maxwell because Maxwell, at this point, hasn't eaten anything because, again, the madness is slowly setting in on him. 
and he's just staring out this window and it's just this very isolated shot of between you know uh james legault's character and it switches between him to maxwell's character and all he's talking to is the back of the head of maxwell and it's just set up so well that it's very reminiscent of like shots you know that were made in the shining even it's just it's it's really well done and and i I enjoy it for it because it really helps set in that type of atmosphere um what i also love about this is that as the movie continues on and, and more of the crew starts to die off due to the madness eventually it comes down to james legro and ron perlman to go on a excavation to this fort called fort crow in order to get help because at this point of the film um you know half if not more than half of the crew has already been killed off due to the madness that is set in and the creatures that are surrounding this place that they can't see and so because of that you know they're going to this fort and this is where the film blends genres of not just horror but also a survival film so we you know see ron perlman's character like eventually walk fall through some ice and so uh, even though him and James LeGros' character basically hate the living shit at each other, you know, Hoffman goes to save Pollock, and as Hoffman's pulling Pollock out by his belt, you know, Pollock has to leave his boot behind because his boot gets caught under some rocks, and then we see, you know, Pollock starting to freeze to death, and we uh, we start seeing, you know, uh, Hoffman start doing these survival techniques to keep him alive, and then it becomes more of a survival film, you know, at, at this point. And so it's yeah. uh, I liked it for that because it actually changes up the pace of it, you know. It, what we're reviewing because it's like on one end you know we see we see huffman and, and pollock surviving the harsh alaskan wilderness and on the other end we see the remaining heroes that are back at the excavation site uh the base site trying to survive this madness and so it's like we got we got pure horror happening on one end and then just survival happening on the other and yeah. so it, i i liked it like it was really well done and it kept its balance and so i, I give it a huge plot for that um one thing i also will say is that they also type in ta- tap into like native you know, like i don't want to say uh i want to say alas maybe alaskan lore i don't know if that's actually really correct um it's not it's not correct actually now that i'm thinking about loud i'm just getting really excited and ahead of myself but basically you know they're trying to ex- speculate what the monster is and so they start bringing up oh it's i think it's the wendigo is basically what they have. They have the I think it's the Windigo conversation, yeah. and so and so it and that's basically what we're introduced to is it being the Windigo. But I honestly think it's not a Windigo. I think I think it's something else entirely. But uh, I, I you know I that's that's another that's that's kind of up to the viewer to decide what they think it is because we do get introduced to the creature at some point. So uh, anyway, so as they're you know trying to get to Fort Crow to get help to get people out of this exclamation site and go home um you know we we were then starting to the end of this movie and then we start to see what really happens and and so um this is this is the part where i'm going to really heavily tell you all that this is this is a huge huge spoiler and i'm going to tell you if this movie sounds interesting to you or if you want a new type of lovecraft horror movie and you don't want it to be spoiled for you skip this spoiler i am telling you right now it will i will get because it's going to give it away and, and and it's going to give away the twist um but just just fall just trust me on that all right so i'm going to give you i'm going to give you about a two minute spoiler warning so if you're listening right now get ready at the end of the countdown to skip ahead by two minutes in order to miss the spoiler so going in three two one all right so this is the spoiler portion so 
eventually Ron Perlman and, and uh, both uh, John, James LeGro make their way to Fort Crow. However, they are stopped by the creatures or the Wendigo, however you want to name it. And while Ron Perlman's character gets eaten alive by not just one, but multiple creatures, we see James LeGro's character get taken off by the, one of the other creatures as well. And as he gets taken off, it seems like he goes to a different place. One could say a different realm. Because after that point, we don't see him anymore. He's just gone. Huh. He go he goes through a he goes through a what looks like to be a time warp, and you'll you'll have to see it. And yes, he w- he went through the time warp again. But it, it, sorry, I just wanted to make a rocky joke. But no, seriously, he does go through a different. <laughs> he, go, he does go through a parallel universe, and so we're I think. I think at this point we're being shown that he's being taken into the void. I, I strongly recommend that you watch it and see it for yourself because that is the last we see of our hero. And at this point, we then follow uh, the, the heroine who's played by Connie Britton. Actually, I don't have the character's name on me at the moment, but she wakes up in a hospital bed and you know she she's doesn't know what's going on. She's disoriented and opens the door and, and sees that a doctor hung himself via his tie and so she freaks out, understandably, runs out the exit door, and then all of a sudden the Skyview camera starts to pan up, and we see something of a reflection start to appear on this back view mirror of this SUV. And then we hear thumping noises as much like a giant was walking closer and closer, and we see ripples in the ground of the water in the ground that Connie Britton's character is standing on, and then the, and then the movie goes to black. and so basically and this is the end of the spoilers now but so basically at this point we are introduced to what has caused this madness now if you're familiar with hp lovecraft i think we all know who it is i think you know what creature makes its appearance um but it the this is where the movie ends and it's i actually had to rewind it a few times because like i said um in in the spoiler review for anyone who did skip it uh this actually isn't a spoiler but at near the end of the film the character that we're following um there is a sky view scene and in the sky view there's you know this person is standing next to an suv and as the camera goes up we see the reflection of the back window start to fill up with a ominous figure now the thing is is that I can't. I don't know if that's purely just from the camera shot, and that's just the camera, uh, you know, catching like trees in the background, or if that the thing. The real, the real thing is, is the ripples in the water and the sound effects uh, that are added with it. So, um, with that in mind, the last winter proves to us that there is still this great foundation to adapt Lovecraftian type horror, especially when it's heavily influenced with a unique setting like this. The one con I will give it is that it does have some impractical effects and they could be better. Um, they, they use the impractical effects to make the creatures that we see them when we do see them. And, you know, it's it's they do it sparingly, so it's not terrible. It actually works for the film. But when they do put it on full blast, you can tell that it's uh, it could be better. Um with that being said, though, when you're watching The Last Winter, and it's definitely one of these movies that is going to come off as a real slog to you, but it is definitely a slow, unnerving ride of just madness and terror and what the madness that uh, Lovecraftian has 
written so well, how well it, it affects and just tears apart the psyche of the characters we view. So, and especially if you love the thing, you're also going to love this movie too. So uh, with that in mind, I, I strongly recommend that you watch Last Winter right now. Going into a little quick trivia facts about it. The American oil company, North Corporation, is building an ice road to explore the remote North Arctic National... Uh, oh, I'm actually reading the summary. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, I was like, what? I was like, yeah, I know all that shit. I thought I, I thought I clicked on the trivia. It just never loaded. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was like, okay, well, whatever. That's a weird trivia effect. This makes more sense now. All right, so artist Bram Revel illustrated a comic book adaptation of this film, which I'm totally going to check. This is actually the film debut of Zach Guilford. Zach Guilford and Connie Britton both starred in Friday Night Lights, which I already pointed out, and also James Legro and Kevin Corgan both feature were both featured in the movie Scotland, Pennsylvania. So it just says Scotland, PA. So I'm guessing it's supposed to mean Pennsylvania, but I don't know. So I, I, I don't know. But point being uh, is that the last winter it, it came out. It came out in 2006, and not a lot of people know about it. Not a lot of people talk about it, and it's probably. Hands down, one of the best Lovecraftian horror movies I have ever seen. I mean, truly, you know, next to Dagon, uh, this this is definitely came out of left field, and uh, I I just think it's it's a real shame if you love Lovecraft or if you love horror that if you haven't seen this yet, you're definitely doing a disservice to yourself. And I think you owe it to yourself highly to check it out. Um, a few places you can watch it on right now is on Amazon Prime for a rental price of three ninety nine or a subscription to IFC. Um, you can also, I think, get it on Tubi and YouTube for a rental price as well. Um, with that in mind, that was my review of The Last Winner. Again, check it out. Ghouls, Gals, Gips, me, and, you know, I, I don't know what else to say on it at this point. Cody, uh, what do you think? Check it out. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you, check it, you check it out, too. I will. Good. Yeah, I will. Okay. All right. I like How- Ron Perlman movies. He's, he's, he's basically the villain in this movie, and he does a great job at it. Nice, nice. He he does good villains. I, you know, yeah. he really. Did. Oh, Ron Perlman's great. He does love, good, good both sides, villainy and heroes. I often wonder, like, uh, uh, I often wonder and hope one day that I'm, I'm lucky enough that, or even if both of us are lucky enough that we just like bump into him, you know, out of nowhere, and we're just like, oh my god, you're Ron Perlman. You know? <laughs> just like that too, it has to be kind of robotic. You're Ron Perlman. <laughs> you're <laughs> like, Ron Perlman. I can cannot see compute. I can just see the face too. Like it'd be with that, like yeah, cool dudes. We run a podcast. We love you. I, I guarantee it would be the first time that somebody's probably acted weird. I would feel like if you're Rod Perlman, Perlman, you'd have to be cool with like dirty dudes acting weird around you and just be like, dude, you were great, Hellboy. Hell yeah, fucking Hellboy, jump, Anarchy, good. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, buddy. Jump, jump into yeah. it. What did you do? So I did my movie on The Endless. It came out in 2017. Um, it's uh, synopsis is, As kids, they escaped a UFO death cult. Now two adult brothers seek answers after an old videotape services and brings them back to where they began. Oh, God, it's... It's... I just I have to do the voice now for these. <laughs> was, I, I, yeah, you have yeah. to do the voice. It was yeah. there's was the reason directed. why it was directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Written by Justin Benson, stars 
Aaron Moorhead, Justin Benson, and Callie Hernandez. Which Callie Hernandez you, is the biggest fun. name in this film. So you're just making fun of me, aren't you? Like, be honest. No. I don't believe you. you. Seriously, no, fuck no, no. no, it's the no, way honestly, I talk sometimes. I get it. No, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'll fucking sort yourself out, and then I wouldn't have to do these things. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I do bring it on myself. <laughs> yeah, but so okay. If when I was picking these movies, it was between this or Event Horizon, and I just felt like Event Horizon was a little too more along the lines of the actual cosmic horror. Yeah, and this I, was. I would also say I would also say that a lot of people know Event Horizon because of like the mixed criticisms because it's definitely one of the biggest movies that have one of the biggest mixed criticisms ever. Because yeah, because the, there's just I feel like that is definitely it's one the of the third act. It's that that's why it's just the third act. Yeah, that, and that's usually what it is. That's usually what everybody says too. So, uh, anyway, yeah. sorry. I mean, I I honestly I haven't watched all of Event Horizon like at one time so i still need to give that a watch but anyway so i i kind of like i was just curious about this i have i've never heard of it and it was like an hp lovecraft inspired film and everything and so i was like okay well you know what i'll just give it a shot and it starts off with an hp lovecraft quote and so i was like okay that's a little on the nose of it being an hp lovecraft film and i will say it's a little it's a little slow so it is a bit of a slow burn and but the nice thing the and i will say i wish it was a little quicker because i feel like the burn was still it was just a little slow like the beginning just took a little too long to start getting to the weird things um but like when they start happening the movie definitely does pick up and it's really cool because there's they it goes from subtle to just these big things of like the weirdness factor of this uh of the area but yeah but the thing but i will say uh aaron moorhead's character pisses me off throughout the whole movie he's kind of my biggest con because him and benson's characters uh justin benson's characters they're so they're brothers but aaron moorhead's character acts like the fucking the annoying ass 12 year old little brother and Justin Benson's kind of like the, you know, the hard ass teen brother that's been through some shit. So he thinks he knows the he knows best. <laughs> and so but and, but they're adults. So it's like that's the part that pisses me off the most with this movie is that they're adults, but they act like these characters. And I kind of get it. And you'll understand why when you watch the movie, because that's the big twist about it. And it's really and it it took me a hot second, like after the movie, to really understand like why they act like that. Cause they never talk about it. They never address why they're like in their like twenty like late twenties, uh, to early to early thirties, and they act like fucking a seventeen year old and a thirteen year old. Oh, I, I but I know, or at least I don't. Well, I should say that, but I can speculate as to why. Is what I should say. Probably, but it's re- it gives away the twist of, of why, and so like, but it dawned on me afterwards, and I was like, okay, this is a smart film, and it made me like it the mo- like it more. But my biggest con is still Aaron Moorhead's character, because <laughs> he acts like such a little snot nosed brat. But anyways, so 
Um, so it starts off kind of slow. And the reason why I, act, I say he acts like a snot-nosed brat is so it starts off after they've already left this cult. And you find out that Justin Benson's character, um, he, like, went on the news when they, when they left this UFO death cult. And he went to the news and he said, like, yeah, they're all fucking, like, eunuchs and shit. They're all, uh, they all, so they all got their, like, balls cut off. And that's what you have to do to be in the cult. It was telling the news that, like, they're going to commit mass suicide and shit like that. And, like, you know, just trashes this cult. And he, like, convinces his brother that this was all a thing. But he's, like, but his brother always goes, I, but I remember so much good from it. He's, like, I remember being happy there. Like, why, why would you take, like, I don't understand why you hate it so much. And so he does that annoying thing of like, I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back until they finally go back. And of course they have to, or else there would be no movie. <laughs> but I also feel like that takes a little too long for them to get back there. Cause they get back after they receive a message, uh, a videotape and they play the videotape and it's a message from one of the, uh, one of the cultists saying that they're going to uh, arise soon and stuff like that, you know, makes hints of like, yeah, we're in a death cult, but they never say we're going to commit suicide. And so like after they get the video, like the little brother finally just convinces the older brother, the older brother is just like, all right, fine. Well, if we go for one night and one day, will you just shut the fuck up? Like that's literally what he basically says or not literally, but that's basically what he says. And the brother's like, yeah, and they go. And so, Things start getting a little weird once they start getting to the to the place. So how it is, it's it's set up like a commune. So like they say, there's no leader there. Everyone just pitches in what they need to pitch in for it to all like work and stuff like that. Like you know, they feed each other. They all pitch in and stuff. Like it's 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 a community is like what they keep trying to tell, convince these brothers. And so, but when they're driving up there, there's just this dude in like. The fucking like white reverend white suit, like the southern reverend white suit. He's just standing there smiling like a jackass. <laughs> and you're just like, all right, this is a little weird. And so I also like this movie because the jokes are really, really subtle. And I actually like the humor in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, there's this one. And so they get to the camp and they're like that, for instance. There's just the dirt derpy dopey ass dude just smiling and waving and just before you see this happy guy there's this other guy like walking down the fucking uh road and he's all bloody as fuck like his face looks like he was just beat the fuck in <laughs> and then you just see this happy guy and you're just like all right the humor is going to be subtle i like it um and so that's what and so they do these little these little jokes throughout the whole movie and it's really funny like there's this one point in the movie where they're walking up this hill and the younger brother gets a crush on the counts on the the chick who sent them the uh videotape mm -hmm. and so when they get there they start talking to him and she's like kind of hitting on him and everything and like she's even saying like how she's oh she remembers him and she's like do you remember me and she he's like i kind of do and so she's like, oh, I just remember you were the greatest little kid. And then she starts hitting on him and stuff. And it's really weird because they're the same. They look the same age. And the other brother, older brother tells him that it's like, you know, she's like 40, right? <laughs> and they're like, and the younger brother's like, just 
you know, that's like, it's weird because they're like, seriously, all these people haven't aged except for their brothers because they left when they were kids. But anyways, so they're talking and then so they end up sleeping together. They don't have sex. They literally sleep next to each other. <laughs> and the older brother, like, and so their older brother and the younger brother are on this, like, little walk. And the younger brother like, yeah, I slept with her. And the older brother's like, hell, fuck yeah, man. Heck yeah, good for you. And he's like, yeah, it was great. We, like, just laid there all night. And he goes, wait, what? He goes, are you telling me you literally, you mean you literally slept together? He's like, yeah. He's like, no, what did you do? And he goes, we closed our eyes and laid next to each other. He goes, do you not know what sleep together means? He's like, that's literally what we did, though. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, so there's like, I, I like there's that. jokes like that. It's really fun. There's jokes like that that break up the tension because the tension in this movie is really good. It's subtle because, like I said, this movie is a slow burn. And so you're getting the you get like these little hints of like weirdness, but then they break it up with jokes like that. Like some are really openly like that. That's really funny. But then there's like just little subtle ones. And so how they do the weirdness is really good. And I really like it. Cause like I said, there's the weird the weird guy who's just waving and smiling. And then right after, like right before you see him, there's this dude with a punched in bloody face. And then they so they're uh the uh one night in the commune it's one of their first nights there uh they are talking to this one guy and this guy's like doing magic tricks and the older brother's just like just he's not having anybody's shit like he just doesn't list doesn't give a shit and so the oh the guy's like here let me show you a magic trick and does a card trick and the older brother's not playing along like you know he ends up like revealing his actual card and he's like no that's not my card and the magician's like go fuck yourself. I know this is your card, basically. Like, he has that look, and he goes, all right, fine. Let me show you another magic trick. He's like, you see this ball? And he throws it in the air, and he catches it, you know, like normal. But then he throws it in the air, and it doesn't come down. And the other brother's like, what the shit? Like, he looks up, and, like, the ball's not there. And the guy, and the magician is like, put out your hand. And the guy, and so the other brother puts out his hand, and the guy snaps, and like he puts like a weird hand out, and he puts, tells him to put it in a different position. And the guy snaps, and the ball ha- lands in his hand, and it's like, okay, there's something weird going on here now. <laughs> like, that's like the big one of the first, one of the first big hints. And I was like, that's how when I really got drawn into the movie, I was like, all right, that was pretty cool. Like, you know, like, of course, the shots are like, you know, movie magic, but like, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, and and so then they do things like that where it'll be like really big like that, but then there will be small hints. Like there'll just be some ominous person like staring at everybody who's not having fun while everybody else is having fun. Or you'll see the bl- the dude with the punched in face just keep walking behind everything. Like you see him a lot. Like the other brother goes for, for runs and he'll see this guy and he's like, "Hey, hey, what's going on?" And the dude will like book it. but he's just like or you won't pay attention to him whatsoever and then how they do this how they explain what's going on in the movie is really really cool and i like it a lot because it doesn't give away too much but it explains how it how like the where the lovecraftian comes from because it's all about the void and what you see in the void and how it it is always different to each person 
So each person sees what it is that's in the camp differently. So like there's this one girl who's a painter and she paints this giant monster that's uh, hovering over the entire camp. Or this one guy says, it comes to me as a uh, as this unsolvable math equation. And then he tells this older brother, because the older brother's the only one who's kind of like, why is everybody so fucking weird here still? <laughs> and the guy's like telling him, like, it's because of it and stuff like that. And so when he ends up finding this, the guy who keeps running around with the bloody face, that's where he explains the twist, the twist and everything. And I'm not going to spoil like the, what they talk about because he talks about what it is and what it does. And, but how he does it so fucking funny. And so it's just, a, uh, and so what he does is he follows the guy and then he goes into the dude's house like two seconds after the guy walks in, but he opens the door and there you just see the dude hung and he's dead. And the guy's like, oh, and so the brother's like freaking the fuck out. But then he turns around and the dude just kicks open the door. He's like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> it's just like really fucking funny because then he just starts laughing his ass off afterwards, too. He's like, ah, I gotcha. <laughs> like... he's just like his dead body's there but then he's still alive and so like it's just really fucking good (laughs) and so um just to wrap things up so i know i just kind of talked about like specific scenes in this movie and that it's a slow burn mostly because i can't talk about anything chronologically in this movie without spoiling anything because like it's this movie does such a good job with just like having everything meld together and tell the story. Like I didn't feel like there is any loose ends at the end of this movie. And that's very rare to me. <laughs> and so it like, it's so it's just, I highly recommend it because it tells a good job of this story and it makes you want to go back and rewatch the movie. Like I need to go back and rewatch it because I know there's more hints and there's more like Easter eggs to what's going on in this movie. And so, um, to wrap things up, what I will say, the biggest con, though, is some of the acting can be deadpan. Like, I lost interest a little bit, not going to lie. There was a couple times just because they're, the, the acting's a little dry, if you know, mm-hmm. what I, know what I mean. Like, is it supposed to be that point because they're in a cult? Kind of. Cause so, like, y- yes and no. Because, like, the th- so the thing is, is, like, they deny that it's a cult. And like so, and everything. Of course, they deny it's a cult, and they keep. And that's like the biggest joke, though, is they all keep dropping. Like, uh, they all keep saying everything that everybody says is kind of culty. So, like, the older brother is like, "What you're talking about is pretty culty." But then the brother, will, older brother, will be talking about something, and someone would like come up to him and goes, "Hey, that sounds pretty culty." And then the younger brother will be saying something, and someone will come up to him and goes, "Hey, that's kind of culty." Like it, they it it's the running joke throughout the whole movie that they're a cult, but they're not a cult, right? And so, but the thing is, is like I feel like it's mostly just because like since this, it, I'm fairly certain this was a low budget and like indie independent movie, like the acting's just a little independent. Like, and I'm not saying like they're terrible actors because they're all really good actors. And like, they all like when they're when like you'll see scenes where they show their a game, but it's just like, I feel like there's just some scenes where it's, they're trying to be dry, but it shouldn't be dry in a sense. 
Uh, you'll just, you'll honestly, you'll have to watch it to, like to really understand what I'm trying to say. I guess. I, but, I think what you're trying to say is that some of the the dry acting seems misplaced. Yeah, with, yeah. With the basically. overall tone of the film. Yeah, yeah, pre- pretty much it. But I will say the mystery is really good, and how they reveal what it is is really good, and um, the twist is really, really fucking good. Like with how what, what it does. So like, there's also hints throughout the whole movie of what the twist is going to be because there's these photographs, and it's what's in the photographs and what they do with this photograph is really, really good. Because it ties into a big, there's a big spoiler with this movie and it's in plain sight. And I'm not going to talk about it until later at some other point. But um, anyways, and it's really cool how they reveal the it, like what it is. And so the mystery is really good. The reveals are really good. The twists are really good. The CG is actually pretty solid when it's there. There's not a whole lot of it, which I really like. Um, because it leads everything to the imagination for the most part. And of course you end up seeing like something of what it can be. And so they use CG at that point, but it really holds up fairly decently. I feel like in my opinion and, but what I also really like is there really isn't any CG. So everything that happens, it's done with practical effects and the use of imagination, which I really like. Like that, what it drives home is like of the whole, like what it is, it depends on who's, who wants to see it. Like it all depends on the person. So I feel like they do a really good job at that. So that's why I like that they never really show what it is. And they just show hints of it. Like with like, like I said, the painting shows a monster. And then one person says it's this equation to them. And another person, it's a whole nother thing to them. So highly recommend this movie um and like i said the besides like a little bit of the acting everything else is fantastic and i'm not gonna talk about it a whole lot more just because it will spoil like big things with the movie um just some quick trivia uh before benson and moorhead directed the endless and spring in 2014 they broke onto the indie scene with their micro horror resolution in 2012, which also had its world premiere at, at uh, Tribeca back in 2012. Some of the characters from Resolution appear in this film. Um, the filmmakers use the song House of the Rising Sun throughout because the lyrics are in public domain, which helped them stay within their limited budget. Which, honestly, the song fits. Like, holy shit, when you do hear it and then what happens throughout the whole movie... It fits spot on, especially with uh, Justin Benson and Aaron, Moore, Aaron Moorhead's like overall character arc. So the fact that they got it from public domain and like ran with it was is fucking great. <laughs> Yay, public uh, domain so, anything makes it free for everyone to use. Uh, this is the first genre film to play in U.S. competition at the Tribeca Film Festival since Let the Right One In in 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, the decision for Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead to act to also act in their film was largely an attempt to keep the budget down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> just last last fact. At one point in the movie, Justin is being shown a card trick by a member of the cult. I talked about it earlier. Um, the card which Justin draws is the King of Hearts, otherwise known as the Suicide King, as it holds its sword behind its head. Justin believes the cult that the cult is a suicide cult. Oh wow. That's yeah, a good and wow. that's also like fucking foreshadowing, man. Like that's what I mean. I need to watch this I'm gonna watch this movie again just to catch those hints. 
you, you have officially sold me on it. Now, now, now I'm starting to really reconsider mine. I mean, did I even do a good job selling you on it? Because I feel like you've done a better job at selling me on yours. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like you did a pretty good job on selling me on it. You also just had to say Ryan Perlman, so, or Ron Perlman. So. Yeah, see, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't require as much effort. I just had to, I just had to mention good old Ron's name and bet he's in it. <laughs> That's all I had to do. I, I feel know. like I, I, wish, I wish it was that easy every now and then. You know, just like, oh, <laughs> the, the one dude that you saw in that one time is in that. You're going to love it because he was in that thing that you saw that once. You know, the thing. Yeah, that one thing. That, that one hey. thing. The movie, with the with, and the plot. With, there was all that death. All the death. We all remember all that death parts. You know where it's like, oh my god, no more death, and they just kept putting in more death. You know. Yeah, you know. You know Maybe all the death. Just more death. Just like shits tons of death. Like there's death and there's death, death, and there's like death, 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 and that's where death, death, death is in this. And with that, <laughs> with that incoherent <laughs> opinion, I just threw in there. I think. <laughs> I think we're going to tell you real quick where you can check it out. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you can I check out the... It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's also available on Amazon Prime for $2.99. That price is good through Vudu, Google Play, and YouTube as well for rent. Um, not sure if any of them have a purchase price, but, yeah, check out the Endless Day and also check out the last winner. Also, thank you so much, ghouls, gals, creeps, immune, like, for hanging out with us and... Letting us share more horror recommendations with you. Um, if you are a fantastic person and you love being cool and you love being the coolest person in your entire room, wherever you're at, make sure you like us and follow us on Facebook. Search us up, Punk Record Podcast, or on our Twitter at official PRHP, or on Instagram, Punk Rock Horror Podcast, hashtag PRHP Podcast. You can also tell me to slow my ass down when I'm talking on Instagram at the Undead <laughs> Matt. Follow me there. Um, if you want to go ahead, we actually have our website back up and running again with more new content, with more updates. We have uh, book reviews on there with also, by the way, uh, those book reviews, just so you guys are aware. You also get a preview of those books. So uh, all the authors that come in, uh, on the show and get their books reviewed are very kind to us and will actually give us three to five pages of a chapter of, a bo- of their book that we review. So you can check that out. So make sure you go look at them now um with that in mind ghouls gals creeps and mutants i i already did a whole ton of spiel about old things happening on last week's episode or not last week's last monday's episode also when we talked about hp lovecraft so i'm not going to go over that again so with that ghouls gals creeps and mutants creeps and mutants alike thank you for scaring the establishment with us and we will talk about yep. horror with you next time yep be ready for part two of lovecraft dun 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 dun, dun. Cthulhu! Cthulhu! Yeah! Alright, bye. Bye.